Good morning, everyone, and thank you for tuning in today. If you need help keeping track, today is Wednesday, October 28th, and today we're going to speak with Lieutenant Governor Suzanne Crouch. Hi, Jody. Good morning. How are you today? You know, I am wonderful. I mean, all things considered, (laughs) I'm doing great. (laughs) Absolutely, absolutely. And you're on the road today, is that right? On the road again. Yes, heading up to Peru, Indiana, and then Michigan City, and then over to South Bend, and then I'll end up this evening back in Indianapolis. That's an exciting trip for sure. Yeah, I love being out in Indiana. Great people. (laughs) Great communities and great celebrations. Yeah, absolutely. And you've kind of been out and about giving, I'm I'm assuming, are you still doing the um, presentations for the um, broadband checks in the the communities? Yes. Yes. We did some check presentations actually yesterday in Martinsville uh, to providers that had uh, been awarded grants to, you know, expand broadband in rural Indiana. In fact, earlier this month, we were at Belterra um, actually passing out checks to providers there in your area uh, that are working on projects to expand broadband to our rural community. Yeah, we had with several, I believe, um, excellent recipients for broadband connections throughout five or six different counties here in southeastern Indiana. Um, Absolutely. Actually, I think it was maybe eight counties were affected. I know that Ripley County had two projects, separate projects that were awarded to them that will benefit them, but eight counties in total that will benefit from uh, these checks that were presented. And what is so great about the eight counties in your listening area is that the grants that were awarded, the checks that were awarded, were worth almost $14 million. But that's public money. But then the private sector contributed almost $21 million. So we're talking about a $35 million investment in expanding broadband in those eight counties, including two projects in Ripley County. And that is going to be benefiting almost 4,000 unserved Hoosiers, either households or businesses. So excited about the progress we're making. We're proud of the work that the providers have done and that the Hoosiers that will be connected. Because, you know, Jody, we know that broadband is our enabling infrastructure for our innovation economy. And getting Hoosiers connected has never been more important than it is now during COVID. As we have our students e-learning and workers working from home and healthcare being delivered via health services, e-health services and telehealth, those, those, uh, the ability to be connected is so critical. And that's why these, these investments are so critical to the lives of Hoosiers, not just in creating economic growth, but ensuring quality of life. Will we see that the next level connections is still a top priority um, if you guys are elected into the next four years? Absolutely. I mean, Governor Holcomb and I made expanding broadband a priority back in 2018. Uh, We awarded the first grants back in August, I think it was, of 2019. That was $28 that we invested. And then this latest round, 
which your eight counties were beneficiaries, is $51 million. So we invested almost $79 of the $100 million that we committed to expanding broadband. And it really came about because Purdue University did a study that said there were almost 500,000 Hoosiers that were in Internet darkness. And if we could get all those Hoosiers connected, it would result in over a billion dollars of additional economic impact to Indiana. So we started down this road to connecting Hoosiers so that we could ensure that rural Indiana is not left behind. But now because of COVID, as I mentioned earlier, we now know the importance of being connected and it's driven home every single day. So it continues to be a top priority The Office of Community and Rural Affairs that I oversee as Lieutenant Governor is the agency that actually has spearheaded this grant process and the awarding of the grants. It will continue to be a priority if we have have the privilege of serving for another four years. Yeah, it's actually been, it's really shocking to me that the home my family bought in 1997 and now I am in has continued the only internet that you can have in this location is dial-up internet and and that's you know 23 years um i can't believe that technology hasn't increased in in the area that i live in rurally to be better um but unfortunately with southeastern indiana having rolling hills it's harder to get cell phone connection in those kinds of areas and so yeah rural rural connections broadband wise is more important than ever right now at least in southeastern Indiana, for sure. Oh, and Jody, we hear those stories time and time again, those personal stories. And quite honestly, that in this day and age, that is something that we can't accept. We have to continue to move the bar. We have to continue to invest in broadband. If we're wanting to keep our young people in our rural areas and we're wanting to grow economic opportunities for them, they have to have the same kind of advantages that their more urban counterparts have. And that is what is so critical about broadband and connecting Hoosiers. So we will stay at it and we will not rest until every Hoosier is connected to the last mile. Um, We'll continue to work to increase funding and make sure that people like you, Jody, are connected and can live in the 21st century. (laughs) Yes, that is um, wonderful to hear from the possibilities for sure. Well, now switching subjects, you did mention the Indiana Office of Community and Rural Affairs. How is everything faring um, in that sector through the pandemic? Well, what we did with the Office of Community and Rural Affairs is we immediately, when COVID hit, we immediately looked at our funding and we pivoted and started offering grants. Initially, I mean, immediately, $5 million worth of grants to our small rural communities so that they could address the challenges they were facing because of COVID-19. And that money was used for PPE. It was used for um, economic, you know, uh, uh, development or offsetting the, you know, the um, losses that businesses were incurring by granting, you know, by providing grants or loans. Uh, And we have continued to devote resources our small rural communities, I think we're in excess of $25 million that we have now made available to our small rural communities throughout Indiana so that they can, they can continue to 
grow and they can continue to address those challenges that they're facing as a result of COVID-19 because we want to ensure that rural Indiana continues to be our next great economic frontier. And we know that that it, one of the ways it has to happen is by broadband continuing to be a priority. But just the work that the Office of Community and Rural Affairs does for our main streets, for our downtown revitalization, for you know our infrastructure, water sewer, road improvement infrastructure, that work continues and it goes on every day because rural Indiana, as I said, is our next great economic development frontier. And we want to ensure that it, through COVID, meets the challenges and is able to defeat and overcome any challenge that they have with our assistance and with our partnership. What does tourism in Indiana look like at this point? Well, tourism, as you know, has probably been the most immediate and hardest hit industry, the travel and leisure-related industry. And it has been a challenge for our small businesses in this space. Our main streets, our businesses on main streets in our small rural communities, because they depend upon people frequenting their establishments. They depend upon people getting out and visiting Indiana. And right now, you know, people lack the confidence to actually get out and, and travel and do the things that they always used to do pre-COVID. So it has been a challenge, uh, but through our Indiana Destination Development Corporation, we have provided $10 million to, in awards and in grants to festivals and to cultural and arts organizations in our communities to help them, help them kind of get through this very difficult time and so that we can continue to have that cultural and quality of life organizations that make living in rural Indiana so absolutely critical and and so much a part of our day-to-day life. So it has been a challenge. We also have instituted the Hoosier Hospitality Promise, and what that is is you can go to the Visit Indiana website and you can see a list of establishments in Indiana and destinations that have follow the CDC and state guidelines in making their establishments safe. Consumers can go and see where they can travel and visit and know that they are not putting their health and safety at risk. And so we, we've taken the steps that we can to be able to help our businesses and help our individuals who are operating in this space and, and are dependent upon Hoosiers and visitors coming and frequenting their establishments. But we still have a lot of work to do. Uh, In fact, this morning, the newly created Indiana Destination Development Corporation was having a virtual retreat looking at Indiana and our travel and leisure-related industry and what steps we can take to be able to build that up and, and restore the confidence that Hoosiers need in order to be able to get out and and enjoy what we have to offer. Definitely have lots of gems here in the state, of course. Well, I have to ask you, while we wrap things up here, 
Got your first four years almost completely done under your belt now. What are the highlights of the last four years for you? I think what, you know, people ask me what I enjoy the most about being lieutenant governor. And for me, it's a couple of things. Um, it's about getting out and visiting our small rural communities and connecting with them and letting them know that they aren't alone, that we're in this together. And it is a partnership. And Indiana is only as great as the collection of our small rural communities in Indiana. So that has been absolutely uplifting and, and very gratifying to be able to visit our small rural communities and celebrate their successes and be able to deliver checks and be able to have programs that actually boost them and, and take them to the next level. The other part, I guess, highlight would be the ability to really impact Hoosiers' lives by being involved in policy that affects them. Uh, I am chair of the Women's Suffrage Centennial Commission, and this is the 100th anniversary of women's right to vote. Mm -hmm. And so being able to celebrate that, a lot of it virtually this year, um, has been a joy for me. But I think being involved also in the Census Committee and making sure that we get every Hoosier counted uh, has been a highlight. And But I think what I'm most passionate about is I chair the Intellectual and Developmental Disability Task Force. That task force looks at providing safe, affordable, accessible environments for the 100,000 Hoosiers who have autism, Down syndrome, or cerebral palsy. And I always say our... Friends with disabilities are just friends with different abilities, and they have the same dreams and hopes and desires as each and every one of us. They want to have a job and have friends and love and be loved and be successful in life. And through that task force, we work on recommendations to have them, allow them to build the lives they want to build and fulfill the dreams they dream. Uh, and that, to me, has been most rewarding, being able to touch and improve the lives of all Hoosiers here in the state of Indiana. Well, absolutely a great way to end on that note. I thank you very much. It's always a pleasure to speak with you and safe travels throughout the state this week and, and next. Well, it's a, it's an honor to be with you, Jody, and you have a blessed day. And we're going to take a short break. And when we come back, we're going to be speaking with Rachel Sullivan with Decatur County REMC. And we're back, and this time we are speaking with Rachel Solomon with Decatur County REMC. How are you today, Rachel? I'm great, Jody. I am super fantastic. It is the week of our member event. Yeah. So Friday, October 30th, we are having a member event here at the Decatur County REMC office. Address is 1430 West Main Street in Greensburg. And it's kind of a member appreciation and uh, electric vehicle interest event. Okay. So we did not get to have our annual meeting, which is regularly scheduled in June. Um, because of COVID, uh, we, we did promise our members an opportunity to get a $10 bill credit. Because usually at the annual meeting, we, we give out a $10 bill credit for attending. So we wanted to... Um, offer that opportunity to members still uh, because that's important and um, 
we, we wanted a way to engage and interact with members. Sure. So October is co-op month. We celebrate nationally all across the U.S. co-ops. Um, so what a better month. There, there's no better time to celebrate our co-op, celebrate our members. So Friday, October 30th, we are hosting a drive-through event here at the REMC office. It's from 4 to 6 p.m. So you will drive in the drive. We'll have signs up to follow, you know, follow the arrows, and we'll have folks directing traffic. But you'll drive through our parking lot, stop and register with one of our um, employees that will track um, and keep track of folks who attend, and that's how you'll get your $10 bill credit. Um, we also will have goodie bags for everyone that comes through, um, a goodie bag per car, and then ice cream treats. So an ice cream sandwich for anybody who, who comes. You'll have an opportunity to say hi to the CEO, some employees. Um, I think some directors will be on site. We'll be wearing masks when we're, you know, at the vehicles talking to folks just to uh, take precautions and be safe. But all members are encouraged to come out, come through our drive-through event from 4 to 6, um, we do ask that you stay in your car, so it, it, it is a drive-through just to be safe and um, follow all kinds of COVID guidelines. There is also an opportunity to learn more about electric vehicles. And yeah. electric vehicles, we, you know, for short, we, we just say EV, so electric vehicle events. These are so cutting edge. It's, uh, you know, the future technology of automobiles and um, we're just really excited to offer this opportunity for members to learn a little more. We will have a Chevy Bolt on hand and a Tesla from the Tesla dealership in Indianapolis. Mm. Um, so we'll have budget matter experts available to answer questions. You can touch and see the cars. You will not be able to drive them, but you can look at them, look at the display, learn more about how um, the charging works and, and the range opportunities with different models and and just really learn more about where the future of electric vehicles is going so that will be part of our drive-through event also um, that is one uh, place that you can get out of your vehicle and and do some engaging and physically touch the vehicles um, but yeah we're just really excited to see everyone we encourage you to come out between four and six get your treats Say hi to us. We we miss seeing you in June at our annual meeting. So we hope to see you this Friday. And so a back backing up on the electric vehicles, does Decatur County RMC? So those require like docking stations. I, I, I assume is that what you is that what it's called? Where you go plug your car in? A charging station. Okay. Yes. Does so, do, do you, does Decatur maybe, County RMC have charging stations? Well, it's funny you ask, Jody. <laughs> we we are piloting a charging program. So um, we have some residential chargers. They are residential level two chargers. It is a pilot program, so we have not rolled this out to our members yet. But if you are purchasing an electric vehicle or interested in or maybe just recently purchased an electric vehicle, please contact us because um, we have residential chargers available for a pilot program. Uh, we would ask that the members allow some sort of data sharing so we can learn more about how members are charging and what 
the patterns are. Mm. Um, so it's really a learning opportunity for us. Most EVs come with a charging mechanism. Well, the I would hope bolt, so. Right, right. <laughs> the, the bolts come with a, a plug that you can plug directly into your wall at home. It's compatible with a 120-volt connection and um, so you could charge it in your garage. Now, that's not going to get you very far, very fast. Uh, it's a really slow charge, but it's doable. It's manageable. If you, if you are an EV owner, you will need at least a level two charger. I, I believe Tesla's come with that, or you have to per- purchase it with the car. So you you have that option, but you can you can purchase a level two charger outright. And I, I'm going to say, you know, there's varying options but you know you're looking in the range of 2500 to 3500 dollars for a, a level 2 charger um, so that would give you a overnight quick charge hmm. you know you'd be able to plug it in at night when you get home and you would be pretty well full, fully charged by the morning and the average range right now is anywhere from 200 to 400 miles um, on a on a full charge so just depending on the vehicle model and the the type so you know we're the range is improving and it's just continuing to to improve so it's going to be a really great option for folks in the future yeah definitely and i feel like decatur county rmc is um always trying to find the cutting edge ways to help with um renewable energy you guys have solar farms in decatur county and um and now piloting this program that's really great Yes, thank you. Um, we do. We, we're always kind of looking to the future. We're actually going through an, a strategic plan right now through 2021 to plan for the future and not just, you know, the next five years, but we're looking ahead at the next 10, 20 years um, and what technologies on the horizon, how we can um, improve the, the lives of folks in our community, improve the lives of our members. Um, just, you know, always trying to look at what will make a better place for our members and, and communities. Well, this is all super exciting, great opportunities. And of course, again, the major thing is Friday, get out there, get your bill credit, because who doesn't like a $10 off their bill? And, and... Right, that's right. <laughs> we're, we're, that's we're just really excited to see everyone, and I know that folks are. Um, we we want everyone to stay safe, and we want you to stay healthy. Um, so we'll be taking precautions. We want you to take precautions, but we're just really excited to engage with you, see you um, Friday, October thirtieth, four to six here at the office. Follow the follow the arrows, <laughs> follow the phone <laughs> traffic, and we'll. We'll give you a ten dollar bill credit. We'll, you know, give you some goodies and just say hi and and let you know that we appreciate you and we are so proud to be a cooperative and serve our members and communities. Yeah, that's wonderful. Yeah, I can't imagine there won't be a line of cars lined up, so you should be able to find it easily. Um, great opportunity, great event. Looking forward to it. And thank you so much, Rachel. Well, thank you, Jody. I really appreciate it.